this fucking Google, Julie. Why wouldn't a search be included? That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes scary, but always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, Read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm here with Julie, as always, and we have a special episode of Defeat the Chaos for you today. This radio show is for entrepreneurs, it's for small business owners, and it's for everybody out there who's just looking to build a better life through business. Is that weird, Julie, that I said that? No, I'm trying to figure out what makes today's episode special. (laughs) I was like, why is today's episode special? What are we doing? Is it a surprise? Are there cupcakes? There's cupcakes, yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Uh, No, that's not weird at all. I think that's the whole point of the show, right? Help people build better businesses, build a better life. Exactly. So uh, we're going to continue on that theme today. We are. And I think uh, today's episode is going to be fun because one we are going to really lean into the concept of chaos with a small business and what's going to be interesting is typically we think of you know that starting a business is it's fun it's exciting it's like filled with all of these like really positive emotions there's some stress in there but overall for a lot of people it's the really fun part and then there's what we call the messy middle where it gets hard, shit gets really hard, and then you sort of stay in the messy middle until you've achieved basically financial freedom, right? Yes. And messy middle can be anywhere from a couple of months to years. Yes. Most people don't make it out of the messy middle. Yes. But you have sort of just experienced a lot of chaos and messiness, at the very beginning, but I think it might be indicative of what happens when you open a restaurant. Yes, and so to give everybody some context on this, we are uh, pre-recording this show because life is crazy right now for me (laughs) with the restaurant. And uh, Life is crazy for me too. You don't get, you're not the only one who has crazy, I didn't say it was not crazy for you. I said it was crazy for me. This show isn't just about you, Julie. There are two people here. It should be just about me. (laughs) That's fine. You can can have the next one. All right. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Um, But the, yeah, so it's been, um, it's been crazy. And we just had our soft opening, our friends and family night. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, getting to that point was just, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way to say it. And I, I can use a better adjective or something like that, but. By and large, it was just hard. It was hard. There were so many hoops I had to jump through. The city of Richmond, Virginia ABC, uh, my contractor, my employee, like everything. Like there was nothing that was easy about this. Um, And everything happened at the last minute and we were able to pull it all together. And I mean, and that's just restaurant life in general. It's like talking to talking to my friends and family and they're like oh everything seems to be running smoothly i'm like you don't understand how high my blood pressure is right now (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of that you know if there was a visual of it it would be you calmly like your arms and head and like the top of your torso above water and then underneath you're just like paddling like a motherfucker the the analogy it's like a duck like a duck just glides gracefully through the water but there's this little feet are just going 
bananas underneath the water. And that's, that's what happened. And, and, uh, you know, we took forever. Like we had to jump through so many hoops with ABC to get our license. I, I applied for, I started the application process in July of 2021, Mm -hmm. knowing that it was going to take a while, knowing that there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen in order to get this. And I did that knowing that, or with the hopes of not having to do what I did, which was scramble at the last minute to get everything done because they got a new computer system. They lost paperwork. My ABC agent who was in charge of, of my, my license is on leave until July. Like all of these things just happen at the last minute. They're like, we need to resubmit this. We need to look at this. And I'm like, you're going to be fucking kidding me. I did all of this work in 2021. So I didn't have to scramble at the last minute. And what I'm doing scrambling at the last minute. Uh-huh. Um, we got our ABC license 24 hours and 45 minutes before opening. So we had 24 hours and 45 minutes to get all of the alcohol that we needed into the restaurant, which we weren't able to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, like up until 5 p.m. on that Friday, I was just, I'm, I'm yelling at people. People are yelling at me. Like we're trying to get everything done before people show up and then people showed up and, an hour and a half into dinner service, I, I'm walking around and and for everybody out there who's who's not familiar with me or, or my story, like I worked and helped open a, a Cabo in Blacksburg and I worked there for years and an hour and a half into dinner service at the brand new Cabo and we're still trying to figure things out. I'm like, oh, this is just like, I feel like I've been doing this for years because I have been doing it for years. It's just I took a, you know, a 12 year break between shifts, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so as soon as we started getting rolling, it was easy. That part, like, honestly was the easy part because it was like riding a bike. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I'm directing servers. It's solving problems in the kitchen. It's fixing things on the fly. Like, that's the stuff that I I love doing, but the last-minute scramble that ABC out of nowhere just shoots me an email at 4.15 on a Thursday, here's your license. You know, prior to that, two days before that, I got an email from the license technician who said, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to process this by the weekend. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah so <laughs> but i'm here you are here you yeah. survived friends and family and you are now heading for your actual open open yes and that comes just in a couple of days yes so you'll kind of regroup take a look at the things that didn't go well or things that can be improved on. We're not going to say things that didn't go well, things that can be, and not because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but because overall things did go very well. They, they did. And there were a lot of, a lot of things that didn't go well. Um, things it, and, and it's uh, for every reason. Um, most of them really fall on me because I, just didn't plan for it. I didn't, I, I made assumptions that I shouldn't have, or we knew that there were going to be problems. And the only way to solve them was to see it live was to put it in motion because we could sit around and, and, and walk through these, the, these scenarios yes. all day long. Yeah. But until there's actually employees using the process, there's customers involved in the process. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's just like, put it out there. And hope it doesn't break too badly. Right. So that's why you do the friends and family is because yes. it's a, it's an easy way to open. It's okay to make, you know, if there's mistakes or things don't go smoothly, you can get feedback. The servers can get some training. The kitchen can get some training. And everybody sort of gets to see how everything works together, especially for people who've never worked either in a restaurant or in a Cabo before. Yes. Yeah. So that all of that 
proved to be very beneficial for getting things up and running and you're now able to, you know, make the adjustments that you need to make and go from there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, like most business, it's an ever evolving uh, thing. It's it's a living, breathing organism. We, we're not going to get it right the first time. I'm not, uh, I'm not so bullheaded that I think that everything that I'm going to do is correct. It's you, you try something. Wait, that's, that, I don't know that version of you. No, you do. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. We've we failed at a lot of things here. Oh, yes, we did. It's like, we let's, did. Let's try something out. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we can learn from it. And you have mm-hmm. that that post mortem, as we call it. It's like yeah. after everything, you know, the dust settles. You sit down and you reflect. I hate that word, but you look back reflect. on. There are people who ruined that know, for us. I know. Thanks a lot, Ginny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you look back on what happened and you figure out why it happened you figure out how to improve upon that you're not pointing fingers you're not you know you're not not blaming people for a failure you're trying to figure out how you can avoid that in the future yes yes reflection is a journey (laughs) (laughs) suck it (laughs) Uh, all right so back to a little bit more of i mean in all honesty a restaurant is just constant chaos but organized chaos. Yeah, I call it controlled chaos. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, uh, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what, uh, I mean, for instance, uh, on Saturday of, Friday, I don't know, some point this weekend, um, Matt, my partner, comes to me and he's like, uh, did you see the, the, the latest seafood report? I'm like, no, I didn't see it. He's like, Mahi is about to become really expensive. And mahi is a large part of what we sell on our fish tacos. And he's like, I, uh, PFG, one of our suppliers, they've got 96 cases. He's like, I want 30 of them before the prices go up. I'm like, okay, do it. He's like, we don't have room for 30 cases. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I know. Just order it. It'll show up on Monday. There'll be freezers there. I don't know where they're going to come from, but I'll make sure there are freezers there. Because that's just the world that we live in. It's like prices change and yeah. like, and you just fix things on the fly. So we've got one in storage that we can pull over, but I don't know if it'll be up and running by the time things get there. And I was like, you know who sells freezers? Home Depot. So if we have to go to Home Depot and buy another freezer, we're going to buy another freezer. And if we have to plug it in the parking garage, we're going to plug it in in the parking garage. I want to take that back. Not really. <laughs> the health department might, might not approve of that. <laughs> do we, do you want to, you want to scratch that? No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> uh, so you had a, you had a little excitement with a surfboard falling off the wall. <laughs> yes. So we have, uh, these very expensive decorative surfboards on the wall. They're functional surfboards. Uh, they have never been used before. Um, yeah. and they're very expensive. And, um, when, uh, so friends and family, so my family comes in and my family is consists primarily of my brother, my sister-in-law, her brothers, and a bunch of nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all very young. The oldest one is 13. She just turned 13. Um, and, uh, they're running around as they do. And, and I tell the hostesses, put them as far away from the kitchen as possible. Put them on this side of the restaurant where they put them right in the middle of the restaurant because that was the easiest thing for them at the time. And I'm not blaming them, but because there was the ever evolving table, it was easier to put them in the middle of the restaurant where they could add more tables than yeah. anyway. But middle of the restaurant means that these kids are running around in the way of people running food, running drinks, people trying to go to the bathroom, et cetera. Not convenient at all. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so we have these surfboards on the wall and hear a loud bang. And I just stick my head out of the kitchen real quick. And Gary, uh, one of my partners, is running over there. And I'm like, okay, he's taking care of it. Which is, that's like what you do in a restaurant. It's like you have to trust the people with you. Like I should be running over there because the surfboard fell off the wall. It could have hit a table. It could have, like anything could have happened. But I had other things that I'm dealing with and I have to trust my people to do whatever they're supposed to do, to do their job. So I look out there, Gary's taking care of it, cool. Um, and then he comes grumbling through the kitchen with this surfboard and he's knocking it into shit because it's really long and the kitchen's tight and all that. And he's like, your fucking nephew knocked the surfboard off the wall. And I was like, is the surfboard? <laughs> your nephew. Yeah, my <laughs> nephew. He's like, your fucking nephew knocked the surfboard off the wall. And the first thing I said, is the surfboard okay? Because <laughs> the nephew will recover. Yes, the nephew will heal. Uh, the surfboard was there. Not. Were there tears? No, ah. no, just got up. He he knew he fucked up and he was not going to cry because he knew he was going to get zero sympathy. And my <laughs> brother was more concerned about the surfboard because again, he's five. My nephew's five. Yes, yeah. he's um, pretty. He's still pretty bendable at that. Yes, point. exactly. Yes, everything uh, and, bounces back into place. And he, yeah, he he's he's just a rough and tumble kid. So that that happens. But we learned. Well, you know, at you the secure the surfboard at the staff meeting after that, I was like, and that is why we put families on the far side of the restaurant because we want them out of the way of everything, first <laughs> of all, and that's why we need to secure the surf surfboards better. Yes, yes. Well, that's that's fun. That was fun. Yeah, no, it was fun, and overall, it was a good weekend. My staff did a great job. Um, the limited staff that I had um, or have currently, because despite what anybody might say out there, the labor shortage is still very, very real. I don't think anybody doesn't think it's real. I don't know. I think there's some people who try and pretend like it's not real. Oh, I know. I want nobody that I know of. I think people are very aware that there is a labor shortage and um, people make a lot of excuses for why it's happening. Right. So if you, if can, how, how let's, you know, let's just say that you really struggle to get any more employees than you have right now, how will that impact how you schedule and the shifts and all that? Well, so this is a message for all of you politicians out there, everybody who lives off of my taxes. Mm. Um, the We're running at, we'll be running at like 60%. So you're getting 60% of the money that you should be getting from me out there politicians because I can't open for lunch. I don't have enough people in the front of the house or the back of the house. I don't have enough servers. I don't have enough cooks. I don't have enough people to staff lunch and dinner. So we just have to only be open for dinner until we can find more people. Wow. And so if that's not a motivator to you, uh, greedy politicians out there, well, how do the, how do like, let's, let's go down that path a little bit. How do the politicians fix that? Because what right now, today, I mean, people aren't getting extra money to not work, right? There's no incentive to not work. But there needs to be some incentive to work. Like, such as? What would an incentive to work be besides a paycheck? And I'm not trying to be an asshole. I truly don't know. Making it easier for businesses, small businesses, to operate. Cutting out the bullshit, the money, everything that we have to deal with so that we can focus on being a business, focus on paying employees well, focus on providing good customer service, good products. Cut out the bullshit, cut out the red tape, cut out the past two months of my life. I mean, that 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 hoop that I had to jump through with the city, 
where they're like, I, you have to get your own certificate of occupancy. You have to go to the zoning department. And the zoning department doesn't even know why I'm going to them. <laughs> like, like, no contractor in town who I spoke with knew why I had to get this special permit. I'm the only fucking restaurant in Richmond who had to get this special permit. And then it turns out, oh, I didn't actually have to get it. It was just a clerical error. But somebody, you know, and I, I'm not blaming the woman who I dealt with at City Hall. She was just doing her job. And, and, and she's following the rules, and that's fine. I'm a rule follower, kind of. I've stopped giving up. I've given up on following rules. I, I, I literally just start, I've started running red lights on Broad Street because that street is such a clusterfuck right now. For, the, for those who don't know, the restaurant is on Broad Street. Yes, so my restaurant. It's under construction. It's under construction. There's this stupid bus lane in there. Uh, Everything about it is dumb. The, like, police do not police that street. So it's like a, it's a, it, there's a raceway in front of my restaurant certain times of the day. Yeah. There's people uh, the on motorcycles and quads just going up and down the road, pulling wheelies and shit. Nice. And I'm like, cool. If you're not going to police anything on here, I'm going to stop obeying the, the, like, the traffic laws because there's all these stupid lights for no reason and the bus lane that you can't turn in. So I just, just use it as my own so, personal. So it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, get out of the way. Get out of the way and let businesses be businesses. Let us do what we do best, which is make you money. Right. I, I, I'm still, and I'm not trying to be obtuse, I still don't know, aside from like the red tape, how the government can help with... like In the city of Richmond, Julie, yeah. every time that you go out to eat, yeah. you're paying whatever you're paying for your food, plus 13.5% for state, local, and meals taxes. Okay, but I... so again, And, and that, that right there makes it prohibitive for people to go out and eat because I'm going to go out and I have to pay an extra 13.5% on what I'm already paying. Right. That's a different problem, though. I'm talking about how can government, what could government do? Give me, give me. Get rid of taxes. That's what I'm getting at. (laughs) Give me three changes that government could make right now that would make it easier for you to find people to work. Three things. To to find employees, because that's what we're talking about, the labor shortage. So um, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, I don't understand. I know what happened so, in so 2020, again, so, but what's, but, but what's but happening now? For, again, taxes. Like, I am, I am as a business owner, as are most business owners, I am going to make a certain amount of money. Correct. And that money is going to come from somewhere. So if, if labor cost increases or if food cost increases or if taxes are out of control. All those things are true right now. I'm just going to have to punish my customers by raising prices. But how does that help you get more employees? That's what I, I understand that. I understand secularly that because, somebody pays. Because if you lower taxes, you know what I can do with that? I can pay better. I, okay. I, I need an incentive to hire more people. There is no incentive right now to hire people other than for me because I want to have a functioning business. Right. But give me some incentive, and that's not giving me money. That's not... That's make it easier to be a business. Okay. Make it easier to operate a business. Okay. And guess what? You will have more people in business. Yeah. I. So I, I think what, what are some other things that can happen to make it easier, whether it's government related or not for hiring? Like, I don't understand. I know there's a, there's a labor shortage. People are not working the way that they used to. And a lot of that, I think we could tie it back to, you know, the, 
Um, <laughs> well, I this is I'm going to get probably too political here, but I'm going to say that a lot. I feel like a lot of reason people aren't working is woke culture, right? Like there's just this, you know, these. First off, we have taken to we've done everything we can to make it harder to be a gig employee. We've done we're everything we can do as a society to make it harder for people to make money other than as a W2 employee. Everything possible. I do think that the like just culturally like people feel like there's a sense of entitlement in our society that is becomes prohibitive for people working, especially young people. And um, maybe I'm maybe I'm being really obtuse about it and don't know. I mean, I'm not a 20-year-old, but I mean, I'm close. Well, I'm a 20-year-old, <laughs> right? Um, so I just, I don't think people have the same work ethic that they used to have. I don't, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I don't think it's the, the woke culture. I just think that's the world that we kind of live in. Like uh, this is one thing that I've noticed. I need that world to change. uh, One thing I've noticed and, and the the world is changing, Julie, I'm sorry. You're no longer 20 anymore. Okay. I'm close though, Corey. (laughs) I'm close. Um, but I, I mean, one thing I noticed, like a little tiny thing that I noticed every single, oh, not every single. Most of the people who have applied for a job who are, let's say, under the age of 30, who are who are uh, the millennials, the Gen Z people, whatever, not sure, not like, under under 30. Their handwriting is God awful, <laughs> God awful. And but I'm it's not a, I'm, oh, you're lazy. It's like, no, because ninety nine point ninety nine percent of what they do is is typed. It's, it's on a phone. It's on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason to have good handwriting if you can just change the font to make it look better. So, like, again, I'm, I'm not complaining about it. I mean, I am when I have to call somebody. And I'm like, is this a G or a 9 or a 4 or a square? Because I'm trying to put in your direct deposit info right now, and I have no idea what your account bank account number is because it, it could be any of those things. <laughs> um, but, yeah, aside from that uh, – yeah, it's uh, but when it comes to, I, I, I think that there's just this divide that happened in 2020, where employees became resentful of their employers, and employers became resentful of their employees. So the other night we were doing our after staff meeting, and I've got um, these two um, people who work for me. They're my like, main like host team, uh-huh. and and we stole them from another restaurant and. They had a great time over the weekend and they're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe like servers were coming up to me and apologizing. Like nobody would ever apologize to me in the other restaurant. And, uh, like it's just a better atmosphere. And, and so like, we're like, well, why don't you, why don't you try and steal, why don't you bring some friends over from this other place? And they're like, we're trying to, but it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome. They said like, it's just like, they, they don't want to leave their captors and they're like, they're miserable, but they're scared to leave because they don't know what's on the outside. Um, and the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't. Exactly. And, and that's one of the problems that we're having right now is that we're new. We're, we, we, you know, just opened. And so people, they don't know what to expect and we're yeah. a franchise. So we're coming in and, you know, we could be big corporate and there are some corporate things that we have to do. And, and Gary absolutely hates it when he gets called corporate. So I, we call him corporate yeah, all the yeah, time. Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking of Gary. Yes. I don't even think we told our listeners. 
We're going to tell you Gary's on the show today. Yes, Gary is going to be on the show today. We're going to have a, a, a special. Uh, is that why it's special? Yes. Oh, now I know why it's special. It's because Corey and Gary are doing the interview and I'm not going to be a part of it. Yes, because. <laughs> that uh, makes it special. It's Thanks. Ca- it's chaotic and it's just going to be, an, it's going to be a conversation between me and Gary. Mm-hmm. We're just going to talk about everything um, that happened in the restaurant. And the reason that Julie's getting excluded isn't because... It's intentional, listeners. It's intentional. Gary and I have tried three different times, two different times, three different times, whatever, a couple of times to get this thing recorded. And it, it the chaos of the restaurant just makes it prohibitive because we were supposed to do it uh, Saturday morning before our soft opening. But guess what Gary was doing? fixing high chairs that were broken from the night before and securing surfboards to walls. So, Mm. you know, it's like, oh, well, we can spend 26 minutes and record this thing or we can make sure that we don't hurt another child or another surfboard, more importantly. (laughs) Sure. That makes that makes complete sense. So. All right. So so you have that to look forward to is a conversation between Corey and Gary Walker. We like to call him Gary the Talker Walker. Correct. Yes, Gary Talker is is his name. He's a. a we'll have a, a uh, an interesting conversation about uh, his opinions on pretty much what we talked about. Get his his thoughts on why it's so hard to run a business, find employees, yeah. uh, all the different ways that the government can get out of your way. Because he has seen labor shortages all over the place. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been a business owner. He's owned Cabo since uh, the, they opened the first one in 20, 2001. Yeah, um, first and, one was in Roanoke? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. And speaking of terrible, like, so opening up a restaurant um, right after a pandemic or still, like, in the very tail end of a pandemic, uh, he opened up a restaurant in October of 2001. Oh, dear you Lord. You know what happened in September of 2001? We all know what yes, happened. Yes, exactly. So Gary is no... Uh, no timing stranger. is not on his side. <laughs> no stranger to uh, bad timing. Yes, <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. But you know what? It's pr- testimony to his ability to really get a restaurant up and running and off the ground, regardless of what's happening in society. So that's good news. That is good news. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna uh, take a quick break. We're gonna play some commercials, and we're gonna come back. And Gary and I are gonna have a conversation about what it's like to open up a restaurant. So, and, and folks, if you miss me, just you know, let us know. Send send messages so that Corey realizes how important I am to the show. And Julie will have just ninety minutes to herself next week. I just added an extra thirty minutes to our show. We don't have a ninety minute <laughs> show, and I might. I I mean, I can do it by myself, but that feels kind of obs- That feels extra. Well, we'll take a vote. We'll see what they they like best. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. We got to take a break. Hey, everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time.
All right, and welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. Like uh, we said on the front half there, we've got a special uh, part of the episode. It's just me and my business partner, Gary, at Cabo Fish Taco. Uh, and we're going to chat about, about opening a restaurant and how easy it is and how everybody should do it. Right, Gary? <laughs> yes. Uh, my old ass was uh, getting a beat down opening up this one. Not used to it. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, it, it's not easy. And, um, and, and uh, despite what uh, Tony Watley might think, I'm not a weak ass bitch. This is fucking hard to do. It is. I, I, I overslept yesterday. So that was a Sunday. And that was because I had gone, I don't know how many days with less than five hours of sleep a night. And, and my phone alarm went off and I literally just slept right through it. Cause my body was like, Nope, you need some sleep. Um, and it's, you know, 8am to 3am. I don't know how many days in a row. Um, yeah, it's rough, but we got there. Yeah. And you um, did a good job, Corey. Yeah. <clears throat> tell everybody how awesome I am. Corey is awesome. And he's a workhorse <laughs> and, and you pretty much have to be, um, I think you got, uh, over 10 years young, youngness on me, but, uh, but I couldn't keep up with you. Um, I, I actually left Saturday night and with my fingers crossed, hoping that, uh, Corey wouldn't pass out on the floor, but uh, I barely made it home driving uh, three and a half hours because I was so tired trying to match Corey's hours, um, trying to be there to support him um, because pretty much when you are the man, everybody comes to you and you can never, never turn off. Yeah. And, and the thing, I mean, it, it, it's just frustrating. Like you can plan and plan and plan all day long and everything is just going to go wrong. Like we, so we, uh, I started applying for our liquor license in July of last year. And like the application process isn't complicated, but there's a lot of paperwork you have to turn in and fill out and all of that. And I did that starting in July of last year, knowing that to, to avoid a last minute scramble. And then, uh, what happened? A last minute scramble. We got our liquor license 24 hours before we opened um and so that liquor license without that we can't order beer we can't order wine we can't order liquor um and so then we had to scramble to get all of our vendors to help us out to to deliver beer uh, last minute to us so that we can actually open our doors um that week matt my partner guy who runs the kitchen uh found out that he had pneumonia and then i pulled a muscle in my back and could barely move on opening day um so that, that is pretty much par for the course i think yeah, and like Corey was saying, I mean, you've got to um, kind of have people coming through too to know exactly what to expect. So not only does everything go wrong, everything is different, you know. And so until you actually have customers coming through the door, you're running these systems that are put in place um, in a location that is different than what you trained in. What you know, you all everything that we put in place was theorized up until the you know first customer, and then. I mean, boy, was there a lot of differences. <laughs> we had to oh, make. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I we, must have built 15 shelves after we opened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were, you were the, the shelf master there for a minute. Um, and, and that was the thing is like we, you, you, myself, uh, Chris, the operations manager from, um, for the company and Rob, other business partner, like, I mean, four guys that have uh, probably a hundred years of restaurant experience between the, you know, the four of us, um, 
sat there and debated, debated, debated about certain things. And then as soon as we opened the doors, none of us were right. Like, you know, <laughs> there's just certain things that like, until you're in, in the motions, you, you just know, like, this is going to be broken until we can get somebody to fix it or, or until we get a chance to fix it. Like, I remember there was uh, every time I came into the restaurant prior to opening, there was this trash can at the end of the bar. And I'm like, who keeps putting this fucking trash can here? And then I stopped and I thought, oh, it needs to be here. That's its home. Like we need a trash can here. And that's why somebody keeps putting this trash can here. Um, so that's the, just those little things that you have to to note throughout any kind of, I mean, opening, but just business in general. It's like the natural flow of, of the business life. Things are just going to end up where they're supposed to end up. And that's where they live. You know, and, and people will people, your employees will make things more efficient for themselves and you need to let them do that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good point. Um, the, you know, when you get into the restaurant and, and you start seeing how it flows and, you know, we plan this or plan that. Um, the one thing you need, we were just talking about this in our pre-meeting, you have to identify bottlenecks in each and every process. Um, and so. You know, what's slowing you down a couple of minutes or, or even seconds at some in some stations, if you can just get rid of that and open it up, it allows them to focus on something a little bit more, do more, turn more tables, um, and, or, or even sometimes even just function. You know, there's yeah. some bottlenecks that, you know, just stop everything. And, and when you're opening, you know, Corey's got so much on his plate. He's worried about liquor licenses, all the back office administrative setup. I mean, we had to, I had to actually ask Corey what I could do to have him do payroll. <laughs> what did you eke out like 30 minutes just to do payroll to get our employees paid? I mean, it was, it was literally a game of minutes in this, in this uh, process. It, it, it really is. It's a game of minutes and a game of inches. Like, and, and that was like one thing that I know that you and I, me mostly, but you were a part of that. And, uh, got to experience the frustration of working with the build out where like the, you know, it's just like, Oh, we're just going to put this here because you need this wall built. And it's like, yeah, but you need to ask me like exactly where that wall goes. Cause if you put it in the wrong place, you make it too large or, or whatever it is, you could fuck up everything. And they're like, well, what's well, just a wall. It's like, yeah, no, we like, like you could screw up everything if you do something incorrectly. Um, and the, the same thing with like, it's a game of minutes. Like every time that you, screw up and you cause an extra 60 seconds, an extra 90 seconds, like that does add up over the day. And by the end of the day, you're running, you know, 30 minute ticket times, which we didn't do. We knocked it out of the park. A few mistakes. <laughs> no, that was, it was, I mean, some of the problems that I thought were going to happen actually didn't happen and other problems took their place, obviously. But, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of overlooked things, you know, un or fortunately, as long as you don't let the customer see those problems, then you can pretend those problems didn't exist, but you have to go back and fix them or they'll happen again. And soon the customer will find out about it. Yeah. And, and we got that from, I got that from most tables. Like, you know, we had our friends and family event. And then most of the people who have been in so far are familiar with the, the concept. They're Virginia Tech alumni. Um, and you know, they're like, oh man, everything's so good. Like the food's great, better than Blacksburg. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the food's great. Everything's good. Like service is great. Like you guys are killing it. And I'm like, you have no idea how high my blood pressure is right now. Because <laughs> like, every time that I leave this table, I'm running into the back of the kitchen because something's literally on fire. 
Yeah. Well, that's uh, something my friends always see too. You know, the cobblers are, you know, we, we make our money off of high volume and we turn tables quick and they always see how, oh, look at how many people are in here and everybody's happy. You must be killing it. And they, they have no idea what's going on under the surface. And oh how yeah. Work being done and how much money we are paying certain people to get it done. Um, and you know, the profitability margins in the restaurant business too. Everybody thinks, oh, well, you did this much in sales. You got a pocket half of that. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, like, I mean the, the two biggest costs, for any restaurant, labor and food, that's 60% of, that's 60 cents of every dollar that's already spoken for. Uh, nowadays, it's more, Corey. It's yeah, well, I know. 65. But yeah, <laughs> about there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, like, it's a lot of things that people, yeah, they just don't understand. But I think the the best piece of advice, one of the best pieces of advice that you gave me prior to this opening, you're like, don't worry about making a profit in the first couple of months. Like, yeah. do like, pay, you know, spend money where you need to spend money and don't be concerned about making a profit because like if you, if you screw up the opening or um, you know, if you, if, for whatever reason you can't find the right people because you don't want to pay them or you don't have the tools that you need because you're being cheap, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot later. Um, we probably mm -hmm. spent too much more than we should have, but. Eh. <laughs> Agreed. Um, no, that, that's a good point though, is, you know, our whole model is butts and seats and you got to put butts and seats first and then you figure out how to make money off those butts and seats second. Um, and now, you know, we've got, we've been doing it for a while. So hopefully Corey, you will make some money off, off this first butts and seats. But um, at the same point is if you, you know, you skimp on labor, you skimp on food, you know, you don't, you, those things are noticeable to the customer um, and, and they'll, they'll definitely hurt you overall yeah and uh i mean for me like the 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 hard part actually is over and you know it's we we joke julie and i joke about this one client who we had who um was starting a business he had never owned a business before and he spent you know all of these months getting it to to his launch date and he launched he's like now the hard part's over and we're like oh you have no idea what you're about to get yourself into but for me like i I worked in restaurants for years. I managed Cabo Blacksburg for four years. And that first night, that Friday night, like up until 5 PM, I was stressed out. I was like uh, everything that could break was breaking and people weren't showing up on time. Like everything was wrong. And then an hour and a half into dinner service, it's like six 30 and I'm walking back to the kitchen. I'm like, Oh, this is easy. I, I know how to do this. This is the easy part. Like it's everything else that the customer doesn't see is the hard part. Well, now, Corey, you've got to realize that, yes, you were a, an ultimate manager and operation-wise, you, you killed it, knocked it out of the park. Now you own the restaurant and you've got uh, all this compliance and additional administrative bullshit to deal with. And you are currently in the restaurant every shift and every hour that somebody's in there. And that's going to wear down on you and you're not going to have time to, to do certain things gonna pile up it's a it's a whole different job so be prepared. oh I, I i'm yeah i'm aware of that but, <laughs> but again the 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 running the restaurant is the easy part for me yeah. right yeah. now it's for and, and the hard part is in-house operations not the running of the entire restaurant yes yes uh running running a shift making sure that people are there and they're trained and we've got food and and all of that um but yeah i guess um though i mean in terms of the other openings that you've been a part of, like, you know, I mean, 
what went well, what didn't go well? Um, so, well, every opening is different. Um, you guys actually did well compared to what I thought you were going to do. Um, you definitely, we definitely supported, you had more restaurant support than we've given any, any of the restaurants. You know, we've usually had one or two representatives from, you know, even Roanoke, you know, I had Rob, that was it, you know, and a couple of people from Blacksburg. Um, and, you know, you guys luckily have had three of your team have already worked for, for Cabo. So we're very familiar with systems, flows, and, and menu. Um, and then you had, what did we have, five support staff this weekend from the company? Yeah. 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 So, um, so, yes, good job. But now we're going to see next weekend, you're going to have one. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see how that turns out, which, uh, you know, training wheels off basically, and you can ride a bike really good with the training wheels on and then take those off and then you're hitting the curb. And so we're going to see how that goes. And I bet you're going to be busier than this weekend. So I hope you've staffed up and have the support you need internally. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing, like on, on, I think it was Saturday, um, I was talking to a table and they're like, you know, like, cause that's our biggest problem right now is staffing. We, we just cannot find people to, to, to work. And um, I was talking to a, a table and, and we were just chatting about that. And they're like, well, how bad is it? And I was like, every, uh, every employee, except for one that I have is working right now. And the only reason that one is not working is because she's, it was graduation weekend and she was graduating from college. <laughs> I was like, literally everybody you see here, that's my entire staff in the front of the house. <laughs> I was like, if, if one person goes down, we're, we're screwed. Um, and we had that, we had that fun. We had somebody walk out on a shift. She was done. She said, I hate this place and I'm leaving. Um, and just walked out on her shift. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, we'll deal with it. <laughs> that, that brings up, uh, so I get, uh, I, as I said, I left Saturday night. So Sunday morning, I hit up my operations manager. I said, how'd everything go? And he said, okay, which means good. <laughs> in his yes. book um but the problems that he listed out i mean i got a text and he listed all these problems out and it said and honestly i said that sounds like every restaurant that we have right now i was like i was like so did you just text uh cory welcome to the new fucking norm <laughs> yeah yeah and that's how it is across the industry i mean staffing supplies you know products i mean all of it yeah, it's it's crazy, and I, I mean everybody hears about it, you know, on the news. But I don't think they really understand. Just like we 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 can't get people to apply. Like they, they, there's just nobody interested in working in restaurants, or very few people who are interested in working in restaurants. And and from that, like the people who we can get in there, like it's not all of them are great. You know, well that that's actually the the best point because yes, we are operating at 25 to 30% minimal employees that, than what we would like. But, you know, half of those employees are not qualified to, you know, we would never even talk to anyone that doesn't have restaurant experience before, you know, these labor problems. And now, I mean, I just hired a manager at one of my stores that has no formal full service restaurant experience. Now he's managed coffee house, he's smart, you know, but we're gonna have to teach him from the ground up. So. Training costs is more, timing is a lot longer, you know, before you can go in and manage a shift and you got to teach them how to wait tables before you can manage a waiter. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Matt and I um, on, on our 
so Julie and I have the the Biz Quick podcast, and we had this the Talking Talkies Talking Taco series. <laughs> um, and uh, Matt and I had all of these great dreams and you know and ideas, and and we'll be able to do them um, when it comes to like you know employees and training and all of that. But the the reality is right now, I I hired somebody yesterday, and she asked you know what training was like and how many shifts she had to work before she would be on the floor and by herself and all that. I was like. In an ideal world, I was like, you'd be working for four solid training shifts before you uh, had your own section. I was like, there's probably a good chance tomorrow morning you're going to have tables by the end of your shift. <laughs> like, that's just like, we're going to we're, we're going to put you on the floor. You're going to walk around somebody and you're probably going to be have like a two table section by the end of the shift. Um, and that's that's a huge problem, Corey. I mean, we, we've talked about this over and over again. And I, honestly, I think I right before a shift, I had a conversation with Corey. I was like, just make sure you're not throwing any of these people into a situation where you don't give them the correct direction, the correct training, you know, I mean, for one, you'll, you'll have a really high turnover. If you, if you're, if you're not giving the right training tools and, and direction to an employee, they're, they're, they're not going to, they're first when they get to the dishwasher and they think every night they're going to have a, no idea what they're doing and it's going to be this hard. They're going to leave. I mean, no one's going to yeah, yeah. no hourly employed. Um, but uh like I said, we've had that conversation and then we opened up and there was two servers that told me that they had never, ever taken a table. You know, they didn't work friends and family, um, you know, and I was like, oh, God, we just talked about this. I know, but it's like, it, 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 yeah. Um, and and they, they had had training, but again, like on friends and family night. And, and it was funny because we had that recap with with the staff after the first night and you're like, yeah, you know, we're never going to throw you to the wolves where you're going to have like, <laughs> it, you know, an eight table section without proper training. And I look over at one of the servers and I just mouth, except for you. Um, because, <laughs> because that first night she ended up having like a seven table section. I remember. Um, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she, she crushed it. She, she did, killed she it. She did. She did good. Luckily. But, but we hired her on Tuesday and she had a seven table section on Friday. <laughs> so like, yeah. And, and I know that we can't do that shit, but, Sometimes you just like, we just make it work. You have, you have to make it work. Well, and that's, yeah. And, you know, with the changes in the industry and with all these, I mean, I know everybody has been every single one of my friends everywhere we go. I eat out a lot too. I mean, service is crap. <laughs> you know, we're getting, we're getting screwed over in different ways. People are letting us down. The standards have dropped and that's across the industry. So there's one okay thing is that you know relatively speaking we're doing good <laughs> but yeah. up to pass Cabo standards I think we need we have a lot of a lot of work road to cover oh yeah and I mean even if we had a full staff we would have a long way to go right now just because yeah. like I mean uh, opening a restaurant is extremely difficult from a training perspective because there's only so much you can do until there's customers in there right. um so I mean we had we had mock mock service where people would go to tables and order and, you know, they'd enter the, but again, you like until you're live, you can't do it. So now that we are actually up and running, training is going to be easier because people can see it in motion. And it's not just me talking at somebody. It's like, I'm talking at you and you can actually see what's happening. Um, yeah. You should be getting a lot more employees as well. Now that we are open and people see we are busy. Um, you'll be able to weed out a lot of your um, untrained, not untrained, but an unskilled server staff to uh, having, you know, more and more employees, um, you know, just, just establishing that depth of staff to where you can let someone go if they walk out on a shift or, 
you know, you can pick and choose who works Friday and Saturday night. Um, based yeah. On the level. And that, I mean, and, and it, it sucks to say this, but I mean, we're, we're kind of being held hostage by employees right now because they know that we need them in there doing work, even if it's not great work. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point, hopefully soon, we will be at a point where we can start weeding out the weaker employees. Um, and, and that would, will also help in terms of getting other people to kind of snap into shape because they're like, oh, okay, I'm, I am expendable right now. Yeah, and just a bit of advice, just you that you were talking about earlier. It was your idea, but I want to, I want to switch it up towards uh, hiring. You, you told me you said, you know, hey, we just finished a big rush, and everybody just wants to coast and go smoke a cigarette, relax, do whatever. And no, we've got to prep for that next coming shift. You can't coast. You have to keep, you know, you've got to keep going sixty-five, or you know, you're going to get left behind. So with hiring it's the exact same way you cannot coast you once you finally oh oh my god i can fill the schedule and i don't have any gaps trust me two weeks after that somebody's gonna quit somebody's gonna do whatever you just need to keep pushing keep pushing yeah and uh, yeah it's it's non-stop in restaurants it's it's yeah. constantly like there's always a problem that has to be to to be solved and and the thing that sucks is that there's no way to train for it because like, like you, like I, I can make, I'm, I love making decisions on the fly. I love shooting from the hip because I have years of experience that allow me to do that where something goes wrong. It's like, all right, cool. This is how we're going to fix this, this, and this, you go there, you go there um, and problem solved, but not, you can't train that. Like that just comes from experience. And, and the only way to really mitigate those problems before they happen is is by training the staff as much as you can on certain things but also just giving them the power to fix problems um and that's one of the things that i, I was kind of dealing with it yesterday where somebody would come to me like hey this table uh, you know like i forgot to put in their order so it was kind of running behind and i did and i'm like dude just fix the problem and you know and the server came back and he said okay you know i bought him some queso and bought a, a margarita for somebody i'm like cool done like like again solve the problem we're good yeah, a um, lot of times, though, you need to train them how to solve the problem. Um, sure. Know, and, 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 uh, or <laughs> and, so, and sometimes there's problems that you shouldn't trust your standard employee to solve for you. So, you know, that's uh, one bad thing about the restaurant business is, you know, most businesses say nine to five. You know, I'd say a good uh, chunk of most businesses work nine to five. And, you know, some people take work home from but I mean, there's literally only five hours of the day and we don't even, we're not even open really late night for bar that somebody's not in Cabo. And yeah. those are, you know, 2 a.m. till 7 a.m., you know, which you can't just get someone to come do something for you at those hours. And it's not easy. We have to sleep too. You know? Yeah. So it's hard to, hard to make adjustments. Well, and Julie and I have gotten into it a number of times, both on, on the air and, and, behind the scenes, like talking about hiring and, you know, oh, you should hire appropriately and like, just leave the position vacant until, you know, you find the the correct person for that job. But uh, like I got the, the problem is in the restaurant industry, I can't make everybody stay an extra hour to cover that one person's work. Cause I need that person in there at that moment. Like I can't tell customers, Hey, yeah, your food's going to come later today because we're uh, short staffed. Like, like they want their food right now. And, and so you, you need warm bodies in the building in order to, to be successful. You can't just, you know, say, oh, we'll just, we'll do it later tonight. 
you know. Yeah, our workload and in, in it's variable. You know, we have no idea what shifts are going to be busy, what aren't. You know, we, we, we can forecast and we can get a good idea, but until people all call each other and decide to all come in at seven o'clock and fill the restaurant, you know, I mean. Yeah, and I mean, there was a point on Saturday night where like that we were, we were getting, we were getting, we were drowning. We were, we were, everybody was about to break. And I, and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, if this, if this rush continues, something's going to break and it's not going to be good. And we just got lucky that it started to slow down and we were able to kind of, kind of breathe, but yeah, it was hairy there for a minute, but again, customers never saw it, but I was walking around. I was like, things might go South real quick. Well, and Corey, you can, you know, there are ways and I, you know, for the first part of both uh, Roanoke, Blacksburg, you know, I'd help work the door, you know, and, and mainly not to, not to make sure to talk to everybody about the weight and, and see everybody as mainly to control, hey, don't bust that table. Hey, let's, you know, let's, we were doing it. We were doing it this weekend. Let's turn to go off, you know, or, you know, you've got to find those choke points, the way you can throttle your business. And, you know, and there's some really evident ones and there's some really subtle ones. And once you find that, you know, just step in. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up, but you brought up something that to go where you and I have to talk about after this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but like with the, the servers, for example, we had um, like slowing down, like the, the host is, is sees this giant list of people and they want to clear their, they want to clear the wait list. And so they're trying to put as many people down as possible as quickly as possible. It's like, no, you can slow that down. Like, because you're going to break other things, but they don't, they don't see the big picture because they're just working the door. Um, and so that's, that's a big, big part of most businesses. There is just, you need to let, you need to have that transparency. So everybody's aware of what, like the, like the actions of what they, you know, the consequences of their actions. Um, but we got to wrap it up. So Gary, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for having me. Uh, check out Cabo Fish Taco if you're in Southwest Virginia, Richmond, or Charlotte. Um, and this was Defeat the Chaos with Julian Corey. And we will see you next week at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel.